Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you to a special guest uh, podcast and video blog where we have Rini Beck joining us. Hi. She's a licensed marriage family therapist and dream worker who was so kind to join me today. I've reached out to her just because I've seen her on a ton of Facebook groups and just in our community, and I she just exudes just this positive warmth and I just had to meet her so I reached out to her and said hey I want to get to know you and then as I got to know her I felt like you guys should get to know her as well so thank you for joining us I really am glad it's to have my you pleasure here. I love I love you guys <laughs> well why don't you tell everyone about um, about your private practice how long you've been in practice um, and who you see in your practice Okay, um, my private practice is in Oakland, California, and online. Um, I started out, let's see, I started grad school, well, I started my first internship in 81 mm -hmm. uh, at this little tiny alternative high school based on the free school movement, yes. Oh, awesome, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, um, and I loved it, and I stayed there, and eventually I became one of the co-directors and I became clinical director and set up and um, created and nourished uh, in a counseling program as an integral part of the school so wow. that all the kids got one-on-one -on -one with the counselor every week and the counselors did groups um, and we offered family therapy. So, I, I mean, it's a great program. And we usually have uh, five, had, had, I'm not there anymore, five or six interns, trainees uh -huh. and interns. Uh -huh. So um, that's Holden High School. It used to be called Contra Costa Alternative School. And so I love them. And I graduated from high school, finally, uh, <laughs> last June. <laughs> and I had a teeny practice on the side um, the whole time. Uh -huh. But a couple of years ago, I knew I was going to be you know, moving on. And so I started doing promo. And that's actually where I met you guys is online. Yeah. Trying to learn how to do tech stuff and promo and all that. Yeah. yeah. Which I just want to be clear. Like, you're not a client of ours or anything. It was just like no. pure, like, conversation and meeting each other. And I think what I find so unique about you, Rini, is your approach and how you help people and just your comfortability of integrating the dream work, metaphor, um, and other ways of working with people that I'm going to say are out of the box. Maybe they shouldn't be considered out of the box, but I see them as out of the box. And I love your confidence and comfortability in that. Can you speak a little bit to those things and, and how you use them in your practice? Sure. Um, well, first of all, myth <clears throat> and mystery and dreams and symbols have always been where I've lived. Mm -hmm. I mean, since I was a little kid, that in nature, those were the things that seemed really real to me. Um, and as I got older, when I was 14, my mom introduced me to uh, Tarot. Uh -huh. she, was, um, she stopped doing it once she started because it was like too on, you know, it was too mm -hmm. right, scared her. Um, <laughs> But I kept going with it because I really loved it. It was a great way to explore myself, um, not fortune-telling, but just to look at different aspects of myself. And I've been, I mean, I have dream, dream journals from 
when I could start writing and I have images wow. from before I could write. Um, and so that's all just been part of my life. And in, in high school and college, I started getting into archetypes. And when I moved out here, um, I started getting into uh, more intuitive magic, metaphysical energy work stuff, body work with energy work. Um, and it was actually having a, a massage client at a women's health club who had a catharsis. Well, several people had catharsis on the table. And it's like, I don't know what to do with this. Ooh. And that's what got me to grad school. Wow. Um, so it's more like, for me, adding the traditional stuff into the out-of-the-box stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you look at our history, I mean, as humans, we've been working with ritual yes. and dreams um, and symbolism forever. Yes. And, um, oh, yes. Astrology <laughs> is relatively new. It's only, you know, three or 4,000 years old. Um, but <laughs> psychology is a new kid on the block. Yes, it is. You know? uh -huh. um, and as a transpersonal therapist, of course, I integrate spirituality as just a normal aspect of humans. Mm -hmm. um, whether people bring that up in therapy or not, it's, it's how I hold things. Yeah. yeah. It, how did you navigate that traditional psychotherapy world and, and, and adding that into um, kind of your more intricate, you know, toolbox? How did you kind of navigate that? Because I think some people worry about it. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Do you think so, Rini? Like, I think so. I had um, one of my dear old interns uh, last year said, um, he's been licensed for years, but he said, are you going to do anything about your website, Rini? I said, hmm, what, what, what would you suggest? He said, well, it's a little woo-woo. <laughs> and I went home and I looked at it. And I said, it's a little woo-woo, but I'm a little woo-woo. <laughs> I mean, this is an integral part of who I am. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm pretty grounded for somebody who's kind of woo-woo. Yes. I experience you, know? you as very grounded, yeah. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and, and I supervise a lot, and I stay really on top of all of – the law and the ethics and all of the procedural stuff in terms of people getting their license. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I've got the nuts and bolts down mm -hmm. and this out of the box stuff is just, you know, an extra aspect of therapy. And when I went to school, transpersonal was really new. Mm -hmm. And so I went to JFK and we had to get an MA in clinical psych as well as an MA in transpersonal mm -hmm. because it was legit at that point. So, um, and I really liked the combination. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. So what have been some of the challenges that have enlightened your journey in doing that? Um, well, I'm thinking back to um, actually in high school, Mm -hmm. And it was a psych class, and we we're studying Maslow. And I had a dream, and I had a peak experience in this dream. And I went into class the next day, and I told people about this. And there was this huge discussion about whether my experience was valid or not. No. Oh. 
because it was in a dream. Huh. And a lot of people didn't think so. And I did because <laughs> it was my experience. And I think that has been a big carryover into my doing therapy and, oh. and accepting people's experiences as valid and real. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of, a lot of the problems in terms of integrating alternative means into therapy is that people don't think they're going to be seen as professional. Ah. Um, I know I'm professional. So how do, you address, how do you address that when you're supervising and those concerns come up or how do you kind of help people understand that come to that place of recognizing? Cause I do see you as very professional, very knowledgeable, very educated. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. So how do you help people or how have you helped others with that? If you know your stuff clinically and you know the law and ethics and you are doing good work with your clients, you're a good therapist. You know? um, and everyone has a different style. Everyone brings different experiences from their life and their own self-searching into this work. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, thank heavens we're finally getting the research that the thing that matters in successful therapy is a relationship between the therapist and the client. Yeah. The modalities are, I mean, I think of modalities as like your bag of magic tricks if you're a shaman. Mm -hmm. You know, you pull out what modality works. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm a transpersonal therapist and I use CBT, I use behavior mod, I use family systems, I use whatever is appropriate for the client. Right. You know? Um, but my framework is still, those are just parts. And this is the part that can be useful. Right. For clients. Um, so I think, you know, you follow yourself. I mean, art therapy still isn't very accepted yet even, which is really silly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Well, I and think... Just because I think, oh, well, I think what you're speaking to, I want to just reiterate so that people hear, because I think it, what you're saying is so wise, is this place of, that when you, it's just tools, and it's a way of how you are in the room, but when you know yourself, and you know what you're doing, you are professional, you, you don't lose, you know, you're not going to speak, right, Rini, to someone who would not be open to woo. Sometimes people might look at your site and say, I, I'm not for that. I want this results thing. But that's why we are all very different and we attract very different people into our practices. And But someone else can look at you and say, my gosh, she knows what she's doing. This is attractive to me. And that's who it's most important to be yourself with. And that is where you will be professional you know, because of that expertise yes. that you have that the person's looking for. Yeah, and I have a great uh, pool of people to refer to. You know, I know all kinds of therapists, mm -hmm. and I want for my clients the people that I can best serve. Yeah. And how I do that is by putting out who I am mm -hmm. and what my beliefs are, what my philosophy is. Um, and some people come 
call me for that and it turns out no that isn't actually what they're looking for so I can refer them yeah you know and it's great would you say you've always felt this confident and grounded oh, heavens, no <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding because I feel like you have a lot of experience and just life under your belt and so for people that are starting out what would you say in order to find that place of confidence what it helped you um, what helped me was doing the work, making the connections with my clients, seeing that I was actually helping them, mm -hmm. um, and also remembering that sometimes just honoring and witnessing and being with somebody in their process is enough. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people need precise interventions for particular things. Sometimes they need crisis management. Um, but when you're start, I think when you're starting out, it can be really hard because you feel like you have to get in there and you have to cure the client or heal the client. Mm -hmm. You know, you have, you have a job to do and you need to fix something. And it's so far away from what most therapy really is. Mm -hmm. Therapy is about embracing someone's experience and honoring that and traveling with them as the guide into their self mm -hmm. and offering tips, you know, but for me, it's helping them get to the beauty and the power and the talent, the gems that are hidden underneath all the pain and the fear and the years of habit that they needed to survive. Mm -hmm. um, and we use whatever techniques work for that. Beautiful. One of the things you and I have talked about offline is the, Art of ritual. Uh huh. Can you speak to, a little bit to that and then talk about how it connects to building a practice? Sure. Um, so, my friend Sydney and I wrote a book called The Art of Ritual back in the 90s. Um, and it's about creating and performing your own ceremonies for growth and change. And it's not from any particular path. This is why we wrote the book because all the books about using ritual where you had to be following this spiritual path or that spiritual path. And we wanted something that anybody could use without having to be on a path because rituals are so potent. Um, and just writing the book, when I get stuck, I would do a little ritual <laughs> just to recenter and open to the purpose of the book mm -hmm. and my higher self and hopefully my good writing self. Um, and that was useful. Um, I think we do use rituals um, in doing therapy all the time. Most people will sit and center before the client comes in the room. Mm -hmm. I hope they have time to do that. Mm -hmm. um, there are little things. Like I always open the door. I have French doors in my office. And I always open the door between clients. Mm -hmm. um, it's even if it's raining, just there's, there's an overhang, um, just to kind of let the energy move, move through the room to make it ready for the next person. Mm -hmm. um, if there's a particularly tough time that you're having, um, besides looking at your own countertransference later, um, mm -hmm. something like just rinsing your face and hands mm -hmm. between clients can be cleansing I mean it's symbolic little symbolic acts can be really potent um, I've also worked 
with clients with ritual in terms of helping them create, um, you know, symbolic, little symbolic ceremonies to release, uh, to release a loss that they've been holding on to, mm-hmm. um, to get through a divorce, um, to welcome in this new strength that they just found under all that trauma. Mm-hmm. You know? Beautiful. Um, so it's, it's, it's really powerful. It takes us beyond our personalities. It connects us with humankind. We're using archetypes yes. and archetypal movements. And so we're connecting with all of humanity mm-hmm. and our existence on the planet. Um, That's what I love about ritual. It is very connecting yeah. to past and present and even future. So when you, when you think about ritual in terms of building the business, do you think that that applies in building your private practice? I do. Um, (laughs) um, I, and we, I like to send out kind of, I mean, do a little ritual, get centered, focus on what I have to offer and send out a beacon to the best possible Mm-hmm. clients mm-hmm. You know, I'm, a, I'm here mm-hmm. to the people that I can best serve right now mm-hmm. um, and and we had uh, we had a um, an open house housewarming mm. office party uh-huh. right and, um, and we did a, a, a healing circle and a clearance for all healers and we did a office clearing where we just went through the building with rattles and, you know, mm-hmm. and cleared out any, the, the energy there was really good anyway, but it was, it was fun to do and uh-huh. to get through all the rooms and complete the circle. Oh, beautiful. And that's a great way to build community too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think, well, and that's why building a practice, there is ritual in it, like what you're saying and in reaching out to the community building community that will support that as well, whether that's in your marketing or how you prepare or how you set the intention or formulate the words that you use to call forth what you want into your business. Uh Right. Yeah. So, um, what other ways, um, do you help therapists in their work? Cause I know you have a lot of ways, a lot of services you do besides uh-huh. just your private practice. So can you speak to that a little bit about how you've helped therapists integrating and um, kind of finding their voice and their path? Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot, a lot of supervision. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I, don't have anybody in private practice right now, but I'm an approved supervisor at several places in East Bay. Um, I supervise trainees for um, CIAS, California Institute of Integral Studies, and I take folks who have placements and want uh, um, want supervision either because they aren't getting supervision there or because they want a particular kind of supervision. Mm-hmm. So I've worked with I've worked with probably a hundred supervisees over my career mm-hmm. between and Holden. Um, and I really want folks to find their seat, to find who they are. And I want to help them do that. There's so much fear when we're starting out. Cause I mean, you know, we're thrown into an internship. <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know? Right. 
Um, so helping people find their seat and kind of put the theory aside for a while so they can learn to be in the room because we learn by focusing. And, and what we've been focusing on is theory for several years, you know, before we start seeing clients, which is good because theory is the foundation of our shared knowledge and it gives us a framework to do the work. It isn't the work though. It's just a framework and a structure that we hold within which we do the work. Um, So helping people get out of their heads and into their hearts and being present with clients. Um, And that may including, well, what kind of phrasing are you using with this kid? Because those kind of words probably aren't going to work with that one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I love doing that. And I really love working with countertransference. I think it's, I'm so glad it's becoming like more popular as a thing to work with. And it's out of way out of the Freudian idea. Yeah. Um, where you're looking at, you have a relationship with this human in the room and there's what's going on for them. There's what's going on for you. There's the archetypal connection you have as human beings standing on the planet. Um, there's, there's this amazing therapeutic container that holds both of you. Mm-hmm. And then there's the personal connection that you have with them. Right. And I, I like to think of that as like we're each in um, part of an infinity symbol. Mm-hmm. And so we're both getting information from each other in yeah. that connection. Mm-hmm. And some of that, some of our personal responses are going to be my stuff. Like this is going to bring up my early wounding stuff. And sometimes that may flavor what I'm seeing. And I I like to think of my stuff as being like this in the therapy room. And I try to literally take it and put it over there and say, I'll get to you later. I'll get to you later. I promise. I promise. And it'll come creeping back in. It's like, it's okay. It's okay. And put it aside and see what's there with my client. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then I can see what's going on for them mm-hmm. because my personal reactions, even when um, it's bringing up my personal stuff is still going to have some information 99% of the time about what the client needs and what the client is experiencing. Mm-hmm. So it's feathering those out, learning to feather them out and feather out the energy fields and use that information to work better with the client. So I love doing that. So supervision. Don't you also yeah. have some CEUs or courses that you offer or planning to offer? I do. Once once we get this TV up, yay, <laughs> um, at the at the building that I, where I work, I'm going to be doing transpersonal CEUs and also and trainings. Um, so countertransference, uh, boundaries for alternative uh, healers, because mm. I work a lot with alternative healers and artists that aren't therapists too. Mm-hmm. Um, Dream work, of course, uh, tarot, um, uh, adolescent shadow. I love shadow work. Mm. And, and I worked with teenagers for a long time. I still do some. Um, and I have seen, well, myself included, I literally you know, went back to high school for my internship and stayed there. Um, and I worked with a lot of, about 80 supervisees through there. And every single one of them that went back to high school, all these unresolved adolescent issues came up. 
<clears throat> and it's uh, it's an aspect of our culture that I think holds the greatest shadow as mm. an age. And there's there's unresolved issues from there. You know that kind of stuff doesn't stop at childhood, right? At puberty, there's Correct. just different issues, right? Um, and so working with that and helping people own and integrate their adolescent shadow, mm-hmm. um, which your teen, the teenagers will bring up or the families of teenagers will bring up right. when you find yourself feeling a little rebellious. In the <laughs> I mean, I just, just listening to you and I'm, I'm, I know that people that are listening or watching this are now understanding why I asked you to do this with me because I do think that you speak to so many of us that are interested in, I hate this term, but alternative ways of healing, but also that have a strong clinical ethic and love for what we do. And I love that you are passionate about helping people like us kind of navigate what that looks like in our private practices or wherever we're working, you know, because... You know, and, you know, supervision, it's one of those things that people always think about associated with their internship. And I continued it in my private practice, getting clinical consultation and getting supervision and continuing to kind of deal with that countertransference and constantly uh-huh. wanting to, we're never done growing, you know, and never, we're always, never. you know, evolving. And so if you're ever thinking about, you know, gosh, I have this case, I'm not sure what to do. Instead of posting on Facebook, what you should do is post, hey, I'm looking for a supervisor or someone to do some clinical consultation with, and then get on the phone with someone like Rini and and really kind of work through it because you can tell how someone who has so much experience and wisdom like Rini can bestow that upon you and together you can become even a better therapist and it's a great relationship to have. So I appreciate that you're doing that for our community. It's so valuable. So before we end, I just want to ask, um, I want you to answer a question for anyone out there that's thinking about ways to be more integrative with who they are and Mm -hmm. what they do in their work. What is a piece of advice that you would like to give them? or encouragement, or affirmation, whatever. Focus on the things that feed your soul, that bring a spark to you, to your life, that, that quicken your blood a little, that, that just make you excited and take you into a sense of wonder and mystery. What are those things? How do you bring that to your work? Um, and get out of the fear. Because fear kills wonder. Um, and and that's hard to do. But again, you can just like with your own stuff, you can just put it aside. You know, basic mindfulness, acknowledge it, come back to center. Acknowledge it, come back to center. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what are the things that got you into this, into this field? What are the things that fed you when you were young? What are the things that really sparked you? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I was little, I, I mean, I've always been fascinated with strange plants and animals. I mean, life forms just totally jazz me. That's cool. And um, 
And one of the one of the things I posted on Facebook on my business page is amazing life forms, which don't necessarily have anything to do with therapy, but it feeds me, and I think it feeds a lot of the people who follow me, because there's these wonderful, amazing things in life that we tend to forget when we're in stuff. Yeah, and don't let and as ther- therapists don't let that part of promoting your business lose that i love that that's so good (laughs) so if people want to reach out to you or find you how can they do that um www.reniebeckmft.com um or if you just post transpersonal therapist or transpersonal supervisor in oakland or san francisco east bay you will find me (laughs) perfect Well, thank you for sharing, and um, I just value you so much, Rini, and I really appreciate you taking the time, and I hope everyone will check you out um, and at least get to know you. You're involved in a lot of the forums and stuff. I see you around, so thank you for your time, and um, if you are listening, I want you to take something from this. How can you move one step closer to being authentic? in your private practice and more aligned with the core of who you are, what you believe, what you value. Think about what you're going to do this week for that. And if you're watching this on our website, post below. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Have a great day, guys.